Hey, family, how are you? Good to see you again. Pastor Joe, for having just had a baby, you're looking too good. Do you agree? Like, at least fake that you're doing something at home. Like, you just got to, you don't look haggard. You don't look tired. You look, I think you look better. And uh, is Yovana here today? She's not today because, because she's taking care of Alaska. And, and right, you know what? I just reckon you've got you to put some dark makeup under your eyes. Just fake that you're like, she's carrying things, I can tell. You look gorgeous. Last time I saw you, you had a big beard. Like that's, now's the time to do that stuff. Oh my gosh. Hey, it's good to see you. I've been here a few times before. We've never met. My name is Josh and uh, it is an honor to be here. And um, did I, did you, you do coffees and stuff for free. That's unbelievable. Does that happen in the other campuses? You're in the best campus. He is somehow... Pastor Joe stopped the budget manager finding out for all this time. And we were like, you know, that doesn't happen in our... Do not let anyone in our church know. Like, you know, we charged them double just to make up for here. But I, I like it. I like coffee wars. I'm going to come and steal someone's coffee today. No, I'm not. I'm not. Get it thrown on me, scolded. Uh, <laughs> well, you got to do those chats sometimes. And uh, it'll be good to see you tonight. Let me sharing down at Warner. I love that part of the promotion. You said there's pea and ham soup. Is that not the worst soup in the world? Is that? <laughs> is anyone, does anyone like pea and ham soup? Cool. Wow. I'm shocked. For real. You're not just, wow. Does anyone think that is like the soup we, they eat in hell? A couple of us, no, there was more pea and ham lovers. Well done. Is there pumpkin? Is anyone going to have the pumpkin? Is anyone just put off by soup? Okay, that's fair enough. I'm sure there'll be other things too. But I tell you what, whatever it is, they'll charge you three times. Just because they can't work out the budget of all the campuses combined. It's one combined budget. Killing it. Are you doing good? I didn't come to talk about soup and free coffee wars. but It is so good to see you. you this campus, man. I tell you, there's something of faith here. And it's incredible to, you know, come over the years and, and just see the growth that's happening here and, and the number of people and God's doing something. You're part of a great church, aren't you? And uh, really are. See Pastor Jason cut his hair? Look at him. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. It's like a reverse Samson. The less he has, the more powerful and anointed he, has, he gets. We're going to shave it. We're going to shave it and it'll be incredible. Um... Do you love Pastor Mark and Nina? Yeah. They're great pastors. You didn't convince me. Uh, they're not here. They're in the back. They're disappointed. No. Do you love Pastor Mark and Nina? Yeah. They're great, right? And, uh, you know, we honor even though they're not here right now. They're at the Warner campus. I love them. Uh, I do ministry with them for a long time. You know, you're good friends when you just jump off the plane, you go in, you dump your bags, you sit in the couch and watch the football. That's when you, yeah, and you just go straight in. We're, we're into AFL, but I just lost the room. So, all right. So... Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get right in. If we haven't met before, uh, Josh, hello. And um, 41, I've got a beautiful wife. Her name's Jana, and uh, she was actually at the women's conference last year. And uh, if you haven't registered, get along. It's going to be amazing. And, uh, and I've got two young boys. Oh, they're not young. Jack's 12 and a half. I've nearly got a teenager, dear Lord. And, uh, and my youngest is about to turn nine. So I'd say eight, but he'd be very disappointed if I didn't say nine. So he's about to turn nine. And, uh, but we're going to get in. And uh, 
I tell you what, Warner were vibrant, faith-filled and loud today, but I heard they are nothing compared to Morrifield, right? So uh, just a question, are, are we ready for the word today? Yeah. Ready to go, fantastic, with a competitive spirit. And uh, so our vision this year as a church is, is that we would have fruit and... Oh man, Warner were rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> rubbish. Just way smarter and anointed. I tell you what, Pastor Mark would be pumped. We uh, vision is to have fruit, more fruit, much fruit, and everlasting fruit. I want to just go through that right now because John 15 is where this is found where Jesus says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. And if you remain or abide in me, you'll have fruit, more fruit, much fruit, and lasting fruit as he talks through that passage. Uh, and because God's created you to. For multiplication. He's created you to multiply. From the beginning, in the, in the instruction in the garden was to go forth and multiply. And, and, and Noah gets out of the ark and things settle. And the instruction was to go and multiply. And Joshua leads the Israelites into the promised land and, and instruction to go and multiply. And then Jesus, as he's about to ascend, says, I want you to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the outermost parts of the earth. Don't just stay here. There's a call to multiply. He's a God not just of saying where you are. He's a God of fruit. And when you get fruit, there's more fruit. And when when you have more fruit, there's much fruit. And when you have much fruit, there's everlasting fruit. He's a God of exceedingly abundantly above anything you can ask, think, or imagine. God doesn't want you to stay where you are. So what do we do as humans? We want to settle. I want to get married and settle down. I want to get my own house so we can just settle down. I want to retire eventually so that we can settle down. I want to be able to make more money so we can settle down. I want to have a baby so my wife can do all the work and I can settle down. Hey, that's our mission. <laughs> I love him. We've go back a long way. Uh, but we all want to settle. And it actually goes against the very nature of how God created us to be. And we go, well, but I've got fruit. And Jesus says, yes. And there'll be times of cutting back, not just to make you settle, but so that you can believe there'll be more fruit. When you're in traffic and it settles and stops, you get late. When blood stops flowing, it clots. You get sick. When our health settles, we, we get slower. We, when a relationship settles, we drift. And when our spirits get settled, we actually get stuck. And you might be here today and, you know, we, we all settle. You might be working a job that was just the next job. It wasn't the dream job. It was just a step. But it pays the bills and you got comfortable and familiar. And if you're honest, you just stayed there and you settled. That maybe at the beginning of a marriage, it was filled with joy and excitement and dreams. But you get comfortable and you get familiar. And if you're honest, it's gotten boring. Because we settled. You had a dream that you wanted to start something. You wanted to do something big. It, it, it wasn't in your hands yet, but it was within your reach. But the thought of what if it doesn't work overpowered the thought of what if it does. And you settle. Maybe you're here and you knew the call of God. And you, and you know you're called to ministry and to do something for the kingdom. But your leader changed. Uh, someone else was chosen. Someone stole your coffee. And... Uh, and you decided, it's just too good. And if you're honest, that hurts, led to disappointment. And it's not that you've checked out. Maybe you're faithful, but no longer being as fruitful. 
as you once were. Maybe you wanted to make a difference. Maybe you had an entrepreneurial spirit. Maybe you had a dream in your heart to do something, to make an impact. You had resources and passion, but not knowing where to begin made you get stuck. Maybe you're here and you had energy and life and you wanted to make a difference. You had ideas like you wanted to travel up to base camp of Everest or backpack around Europe and a caravan around Australia and now you've had kids and you're just utterly exhausted and now you just plan to go to Mount Tambourine. I don't know what your plans are. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that place. Never been there. It just sounded funny. Uh, the truth is we all get stuck. And how do you go from having fruit to having more fruit and more fruit to much fruit and much fruit to lasting fruit? How do I not stay settled? Because God doesn't want your life to stay settled. No matter what your age is, it doesn't matter about age. God's plan is that you would keep on moving all the way to everlasting fruit. It doesn't matter what life's been like or your experience are, how good you are. God's plan is to move you forward. It doesn't matter what's happened, whether it be your fault or other people's fault or just life circumstances. Wherever you find yourself stuck, God's plan is not that you stay settled there. It's that you move into greater. Amen? So what does God do? God gives you dreams and visions. So I want to talk about today. He, what God's one of God's mechanisms for moving you from where you are to what God has for you is that He gives you dreams and visions for your life that prophetically move you from where you are to what God has for you. God wants to remind you today of the dreams that He's given to you in the past because I believe that the Spirit of God wants to blow on those embers again so they can come to life. I believe that, that, that God wants to, in this next season, if this is the vision that God's given your pastors, it means God wants to move you into your next so that there would be a testimony in your life that talks about and shows the goodness of God. But for that to happen, you can't just stay where you are and you won't just move blindly, but you need to grab a hold from the Holy Spirit and new visions and dreams for your life you know when I was a uh, when I was growing up I, I had a dream uh, people would ask kids what do you want to be when you're older and you might be like I want to be a doctor or you know smart kids but I want to be an engineer uh, for me I just wanted to be told that was it <laughs> literally that was my only that was my answer what do you want to be told and because uh, I wanted to be a professional basketball player and uh, year seven I was this height with size 11 feet and I thought here we go and I have not grown a millimeter since is there is there any short people here today can't see you too short and uh, and and so I would I, I, I dreamed about being told right and uh, and but and six foot six is what I wanted to be. Michael Jordan's height. I wanted to be six six, and and I was clearly not going to make it. So I just prayed for six foot, and, and I reduced my prayers. But it was still a dream. And uh, I said, God, let me be six foot. And when I never made six foot, I told myself, and someone would say, How tall are you? I would say, Just under six foot. And uh, so eventually, the mind's amazing. This is true. Not like Pastor Joe's stories. This is real. And uh, as I just, I was like, Just. He would say, how tall are you? And I'd say, just under six foot until eventually I started to say five foot 11. And so someone would say, how tall are you? Five foot 11. So about 30, I went to the doctor and just for a checkup. And he asked, you know, you, how, what's your weight and what's your height? And I said, five foot 11. And he said, well, you're not. <laughs> I said, well, I think I am. And he's like, but you're not though. And I said, well, you're not an optometrist either. So maybe we'll just go with five foot 11. And he said, do you, want to me do you want me to measure you? And I said, yeah, let's do it. So he took me over to the kids' measuring tape. And, uh, and <laughs> this is a true story. And he measured me and he said, you're five foot seven. Can I say, it doesn't matter what was going on in my body. I walked away with 
depression that day. And because uh, I could not believe. I could not believe I was five foot seven. I had a dream. My dream was gone. This is not a message about dreams disappearing, but that was mine. You know what Pastor Mark's dream is? It's not the church, it's to play golf and darts all day. That's how I reckon. I reckon that's what he wants to do. It's the church. It's church too, but man, he loves that man loves darts and golf, hey. My goodness, my goodness. Anyway, fantastic. God gives you dreams. God gives you visions. What does he do? He not only gives us the word of God, which is the lamp to our feet and the light to our path, that gives us faith, but the Holy Spirit gives you dreams and visions to give you supernatural illumination in your mind and in your spirit that allows you to see what's not as if it was. He allows you to begin to, in your imagination, to be like God and to start to think, what could be if God only? Say. God has dreams for your family. So, so, I mean, some of this, I've only been married 17 years, right? There's some, some of us have been married for much longer and walked through much more. Some of us have stopped dreaming for our marriage. Some of us, have, because of disappointment and life, we stopped dreaming for our kids. Some of us have discounted ourselves and settled and we stopped dreaming for us. God wants you to dream again. He wants you to get a vision again because that's how we move into more fruit and much fruit instead of settling, which goes against the very nature of God. There's a passage in Psalm 126 that talks about God's people and, they, and, and they'd been in captivity. And when they'd been in captivity and suddenly they're freed. And can I show you what the sign of someone that has suddenly been freed is? Let's put it on the screen. It's Psalm 100 verse 26. It says this. I think we've got it. Do we have it? May not have it. Let me read it to you. It says this, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. We were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter. Our tongue, tongues with songs of joy. And then it was said amongst the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are filled with Joy. The, the very fruit, Jesus says in John 15, he says, when you remain or abide in me, he says, your joy will be filled. Yes, your joy will overflow. The fruit of remaining, the fruit, more fruit, much fruit and lasting fruit that is a witness to our world when you follow and abide in Jesus is that you should have joy, the joy of the Lord that is your strength, the very joy that helps you to go on the journey is the fruit that should be evidenced in your life. How do you have that joy? You dream. They say when you go on, they say you get more, I'm gonna, I might get the wrong word, but in, in, endorphins and, and, and those positive chemicals flowing through your body when you plan a holiday, you get more in your planning than you do actually going on holiday. Because it's when you're planning, you dream what it's going to be like. You have a hard day, but you imagine how it's going to be. In the moment, you kind of just live it. But the dream allows you to think of possibilities. The very sign of someone that is no longer stuck in in captivity is you begin to dream again. God's plan for your life is that you'd have a testimony, be filled with life and joy, and that you would dream. My let me tell you about my family, if I can, for a moment, because it might be similar to some of your story. My, my family, my dad's side grew up in Rochdale in England, and uh, they weren't brave people. They weren't adventurers. They weren't dreamers. They were just classic poms that, you know, that lived hand to mouth 
never had a phone, never had their own car, never had their own house. They woke up, they went to the mill, they came home, they ate, they went to bed. They woke up, they went to the mill, they came home, they went to bed. And it was on a grey, wet winter's day in 1969, not like Brisbane winter. Your winters are unbelievable. Adelaide is grey and wet and cold, and that's my vent. But, but, but much more like what they had in Rochdale on a cold, wet Winter's Day in 1969, my grandma, she said to her family, why don't we move to Australia? And they all went, that's ridiculous. As if we're going to move to Australia. We're just common English people. We'd never do that. That's so impossible. It's so hard. So the next day they went to school, went to the mill, and my grandma didn't go that day. She jumped on four buses and went to a place called Australia House in Manchester. And it's there that she got a whole bunch of brochures and she brought them home. And she laid out these brochures on the table that showed these, these uh, trust, housing trust homes in Elizabeth that were just slightly better than the terrace houses that they were living in there in Rochdale. But all of a sudden, the family came home and they looked at these brochures and they caught a vision. You see, they couldn't see it, but they got a vision. And they decided... Let's do it. Let's break what generations have done, the exact same thing. Let's do something different. So for the next year, they saved and they sold all their possessions. And then on the 5th of November, 1970, from Southampton, England, uh, they went. They were 10-pound poms that went uh, for four and a half weeks on the RHMS Ellenus all the way from Southampton, all the way to Fremantle in Western Australia. And my dad said they got off the boat for one day and all they remember is there was flies everywhere. They couldn't believe that the world's population of flies lived right here in Australia. They got back on the boat. They went all the way to Melbourne. They then jumped on a cattle train where some benches were installed. And they went on the train from Melbourne to Adelaide. And there a bus picked them up and took them to a place called Woodville where they lived in a hostel. Hostel, Anyway, it was hostel. Until they, they, they had enough money to get a housing trust home in a place called Ingle Farm in South Australia. And they had to work hard. My pop worked three jobs, they, but, they, but they had their own home and, and eventually they got their own car and, and, and one day they got their own phone. One of those ones where you went like six, five, you know, if you, if you know, you know, young people, you have no clue. And, and, but, and, they, and that was it. They lived in that same house forever. But my, 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 my dad then met my mum and, and they got their own car and they got their own phone now with buttons and uh, they got their own home. But us kids got to go to a private school. And, and, but we never could really afford much, so we never went on holidays and I never got to play high-level basketball because I could have. And, uh, but, but then I now look at my kids and my kids go to a private school. They play high-level basketball. We've travelled around Asia. Went to Bali. And, uh, and, but, but I go back and my kids have a better life because my grandma got a dream in her heart that said we're not settling here and we're not staying here and she got enough vision to get in front of her family to move them forward and do the impossible. Come on, that's some of our stories in this room, right? That someone made the decision. In the same way, parents have a dream that their kids could have a better life and they want their kids to dream. Your heavenly father wants you to get a dream and a vision in your heart so you don't stay here. You move into more fruit, much fruit and everlasting fruit. Amen. Come on, let's thank God this morning. Isn't he good? He, died. he never created you to settle. 
He didn't want you to live and exist in Rochdale. It's a magnificent spot. He wanted you to move into the realm and place of possibility. You see, a dream gives you expectation. A dream makes you bold. A dream helps you to be a blessing to others. A dream spurs you on from settling. A dream gets you unstuck. The story of Abraham is of a man, Abraham and Sarah, who wanted a miracle. And if I can, it was a common miracle. God chose the father of faith not to be someone that believed for something so ridiculous, but something quite common. They wanted a child, and they wanted a place to call their own. And at 70, he hasn't had his miracle yet. Which let it be a reminder for every person here today, whether you have all your hair or some of your hair, maybe you've gone to be with the Lord. (laughs) And you'll meet it in the sky. But let me tell you, God's promises are not finished with you yet until you see them come to completion. Abraham at 70 has not had his promise yet. He's been believing for something that everyone else seems to have, but it's his miracle he's holding on to. And it says there in Genesis, we'll put it on the screen, verse chapter 12. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to a land I will show you. I'll make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. And I'll make your name great. Read this with me. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. First thing I want to show you here, you might be, but I'm okay, Josh. I'm, I'm happy where I am. I'm comfortable. I'm familiar. Can I say your blessing actually isn't just about you? Sometimes we want to stay where we are because you're okay where you are. No, your blessing is actually meant to be a blessing for other people. You are meant to be an example and an overflow of the anointing and joy of the Holy Spirit that comes not only into your life but through your life to be a blessing. So you can't afford to stay where you are, so you need to get a dream and a vision. But the other thing I want to point out is that he was meant to leave his family, yet he took Lot. Everyone say Lot. Took Lot with him. So it's there on the journey, he leaves his home and he moves after and chases after the dream and vision that God's put in his life. And it's there, partway along the journey, there's tension. Because always in your journey, there's going to be tension. And there's an argument between Lot and his family and Abram and his family. One wants to settle. There will always be a part of you that will want to settle. And there's always going to be a part of you that will want to go after the dreams God has for you. And you have to decide whether you leave that lot behind or you go after the things that God has. Because one part of you will win. That attention causes you to make decisions along the way. So it's there, it says this, as they had this argument, Genesis 13 now says in verse 10, Lot looked around and saw the whole plain of the Jordan towards Zoar. Everyone say Zoar. Was well watered. Like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. This is before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out towards the east. Along the way, he sees a place called Zoar. Everyone say Zoar. And Zoar reminded him of a place he knew that was comfortable and familiar. And, and, and a decision has to be made of where he is going to stay or go And Lot ultimately chooses the place that is comfortable and familiar. See, that word Zoar in the Hebrew means small and insignificant. 
You see, every time God puts a dream in your heart and you settle for a place of comfortability and familiarity, you settle for insignificance compared to what God has for your life. The enemy wants you to settle and the whole world wants you to settle because it's there you remain, not only in comfortability and familiarity, but you end up living insignificant compared to the exceedingly abundantly above life that God has for you. And Lot ends up living an insignificant life in the story of God because he settled in a place that was comfortable and familiar. My dad would say um, when the families would come from England, they'd travel with a whole bunch of families and, and they'd come all the way, four and a half weeks, all the way to Australia, all this cost, and they'd get here and they'd realize it was hot and the flyers, and they had to work multiple jobs and it wasn't easy and, and the homes maybe weren't straight away what they dreamed of. So half the families they traveled with, they said they saved their money and then they got on a boat four and a half weeks and went all the way back to England. And when they got back to England, he reckons another half of those families realized we've still got to work at these jobs and it's cold and it's gray and it's oppressive. And, and then they saved their money and they traveled all the way back to Australia again because you realize when you chase the dream, the dream isn't always dreamy. It will require faith. It will require hard work. But don't settle in the place of comfortability and familiarity because you'll miss out on what God has for you. But my grandma and my papa made a decision. We're not settling in what we know. We're chasing after the dream, not just for us, but to be a blessing to the next generation. Can I ask you today? What's the lot that's causing you to settle? Do you have a lot of bitterness? Do you have a lot of frustration? Do you have a lot of I've been overlooked? Do you have a lot of my leader changed? Do you have a lot of my leader let me down? Do you have a lot of you don't understand what happened to me? Can I say what I do know is that every person has their lot, but at some point you have to make a decision to leave your lot behind and chase after the dreams and visions that God has for you, your family, your marriage, and your life. And you've got to chase after it in faith. Amen. Don't go back. Don't settle. Don't stay here. He has fruit. Come on, more fruit, much fruit, and everlasting fruit. See, the problem is Abraham is attached a lot, which makes sense if you understand the story. You see, the Bible shows us that Abraham and Sarah really, really just wanted a kid. And Lot, who is their nephew, the Bible also shows, lost his parents at a really young age. So when you can't have kids and your nephew doesn't have parents, Lot looks a lot like a son. And while he looked like a son because he was familiar and it was comfortable, he wasn't the promise of Isaac, which is only ever inherited through faith. You see, sometimes we can mistake what is around us already in life as the fulfillment of God's potential and promises for your life. But can I say the miracles of God are only ever inherited through 
faith. You see, Abraham would have never been the father of faith if he had settled for what was already in his hands instead of going for what was not yet in his hands but within his reach of faith. You see, there are things that we settle for and things we compromise for that look like the provision of God and they might be fruit, but God's plan is not that you settle there, but that you live in more fruit, much fruit and everlasting fruit. The exceedingly abundantly above than you can ask, think or imagine. But some of us have stopped asking, thinking and imagining. Let me say it another way. Some of you have lost your vision and some of us have stopped dreaming. And it's there when we stop dreaming, we settle in the place of Zoar that leads us to insignificance. But it's in the place of dreaming that you say, God, I'm not letting go of you until you bless me. I'm chasing after the dreams and promises that you've put in my life. I believe the promises of God are inherited by faith and I'm not letting go until I see them in my life. Can I encourage you, church, don't settle here. You have to abide. You have to wait on God. You've got to dream again. What does Jesus say all the way through John 15 as he says, you have fruit, but if you want more fruit, he says, abide. He says, if you want much fruit, he says, remain. He says, if you want everlasting fruit, he says, you've got to be still. What's he saying? You've got to dream. You've got to connect into the vine. You've got to be still and begin to not just look at what you have and settle there, but allow your supernatural imagination to come alive again and begin to dream what God has for you, your marriage, your kids, this church and your life. Don't settle here because God has more. Amen? Amen. It's time to dream again. Maybe just the keys can come. See, this is where we need the Holy Spirit. This is why. I believe in tongues, I believe in power, I believe in the ability to witness, I believe in everything you believe in with the Holy Spirit. But the part we often don't talk about, the very evidence of the Holy Spirit is that you would dream. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you have the ability to dream. Maybe we just haven't asked in a while. Let me show you. In the beginning, the earth is void and without form. Yet the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. And it's there we find out that God's a dreamer too. Because there is nothing, and yet He dreamed and saw the entire world, including you and me. And it's there as He saw, He spoke, and then the earth was created, and He said, It is good. So you and I are now made in the image of God, which means if God can dream and create, you can dream. And create too. Except what do we do? We settle for the low-hanging fruit that is familiar and comfortable. And the very sign of our settling in the garden was that we lost our ability not only to connect with God, but to dream. So you see through the Old Testament, no one dreams anymore. Only a few men and women that were prophets prophesy and get visions and pictures from God for everyone because we lost our ability to dream. Then there's a 300 years of silence and Jesus appears. And the first time He chose it, gets to open the scroll and read publicly, He very deliberately chooses a passage that not only talks about His mission, He talks about the fruit that will be on the other side for you and me. It's found in Luke 4. 18, it said, Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord hovers over me 
because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free. The very mission of Jesus, understand, is never just physical, but every physical miracle is a picture of what He's doing spiritually. He says, I've come to give recovery of sight to the blind. What does that mean? He's come to give vision back. And He says, I've come to set the oppressed free. What does it look like when the oppressed were set free? Well, Psalm 126 tells me we were like those who once dreamed. The very nature of God coming back into relationship with us would mean that we would have visions and dreams once more. So now Jesus wants to bring us back to that garden relationship. So He says, don't go anywhere. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, outermost parts, don't settle. I've got multiplication. But before you go, He says the same thing He says in John 15. He says, wait, remain, abide, and for my Holy Spirit to come upon you. So it says in Acts chapter 2, suddenly sound like a rushing wind. And what appeared like tongues of fire appeared above the disciples as the Spirit of God hovered over them once more. And then Peter, now filled with the Spirit, gets to stand up and say anything the Spirit shows him to all of the people. And this is the passage he begins with. In these last days, God says, Acts chapter 2, in these last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on, come on, on, all people. That means you and me. And this is the evidence of the Spirit being poured out. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. Come on, stand to your feet with me. Team can come. After silence, settling and stuck. The very promise of Jesus is to bring us back to that relationship with God where you will get vision and dreams back. And then the anointing and the helper of the Holy Spirit comes upon us. And the very evidence of the Holy Spirit is the speaking of tongues, is boldness, but is also dreams, visions, and prophecy. I tell you, God's plan for you to not stay where you are, but move into the possibilities of heaven, to walk into fruit, more fruit, much fruit, and lasting fruit, is the anointing of the Holy Ghost that allows you to prophesy, dream, and vision again. Can I say, sons and daughters, it's time to get a prophetic unction in your spirit again that sees things that were not as if they were. Can I say, young people, it's time to get a vision for your life. Don't settle. Don't compare. Don't look to what everyone else has. Don't look to your upbringing or experience to dictate who you are. No, get a vision from God that shows you fruit, more fruit, much fruit, and lasting fruit. To all our mature people here that have done life and you feel now's my time to settle down. God's not finished with you yet. It's time to dream again. It's time to get a new dream for your life as we all walk together into the possibilities and the promise of God. If you're stuck, it's time to dream away. If you're stuck, it's time to dream again. If you've settled where you are, God's got more. If there's a promise that seems too good to be true, it's the very nature of God. But it requires going after things in faith and saying, breath of God, Holy Spirit, fill me in you. I believe there's embers of dreams inside of you. You just need the wind of the Spirit to come and breathe on them again. I believe there's visionaries and prophets 
spirits and dreamers in this room that God's got more for your life. And it doesn't matter if anyone else sees it. Your heavenly Father wants to move you from the place of insignificance to significance. But to see exceedingly abundantly above, you've got to ask, think, and imagine. You've got to dream. You've got to believe. You've got to be able to say, Holy Spirit, allow me to see pictures. God, wake me up in the middle of the night. God, let Scripture come to life. Holy Spirit, breathe on me and my marriage again. Your marriage can live again. I feel like Ezekiel saying, can these, God saying, can these dry bones live? And Ezekiel saying, only you know. And he says, prophesy to the bones. I mean, as some of you are wondering, can my marriage live again? Prophesy into your marriage again. Can my business live again? Prophesy and dream into it again. Can my kids turn around? Prophesy and dream over them again. God's not finished with you yet. There's more. There's much and there's everlasting in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. We're going to worship in a sec. Why don't you lift your hands right across this place? Posture yourself ready just to receive for a moment. Come on, if you speak in that heavenly language, why don't you begin to pray for a moment with me? If you don't, just say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Come on, stir it up, church. Why don't you pray? Come on. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Mighty God, I thank you for your church. I thank you for every person right here. I thank you, God, that the anointing of the Holy Spirit hovers over every person in this room. So God, I pray that here in these last days, you'll pour out afresh on every person, every mind, every marriage, and every spirit. Every business, every leader, every pastor, and every parent. I pray, Holy Spirit, right now, that anointing from heaven will come and fill us afresh. And I pray, wind of the Spirit, I pray you blow on the embers of dreams and visions in our life. I pray, Lord God, that we would begin to see anew. I pray, Holy Spirit, that we begin to believe again. I pray we begin to see in our spirit. I pray we wouldn't settle here. I pray we wouldn't remain here. But I pray, Lord God, Speak to us even now. God, allow us to remember the things from our past. Allow us to remember those words given before. Allow us to see in you, Lord God, what you've got. I declare over this church, I declare over your people, it's a harvest season. It's a fruitful season. It's a dreaming season. It's a more season. It's a much season. Let's worship. Come on. In Jesus' name, anointing of God flow. Let there be more. Let there, Let there be more. Let there be more. In Jesus' name. Come on. Why don't you lift your hands right across this place? Begin to declare this. We were like those who dreamed. Holy Spirit, those dreams and visions like a fire. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in Come on, why don't you lift your voice this morning? Jesus in the Let there be freedom that comes every enemy. through your life blessing. Jesus for my faith. 
through your life witness, through your life testimony, through your life the name of Jesus is known. Come on, awaken the dreamers. Awaken the prophets. Awaken the visionary inside of you. Just do something for me. Place your hands on your ears for a little bit. Just a picture of what we're doing in the natural, we're praying for in the spiritual. Say, Holy Spirit, give me ears to hear. Let me hear your voice. Let me hear you leading. Put your hand on your heart. Again, what we do in the natural, we're praying for in the spiritual. So Holy Spirit, allow me to see dreams, vision, possibility for my life. One more, just put your hand on your belly. The Jews would often believe that this is where the Spirit of God resided. Out of their belly shall flow rivers of living water. Say, Holy Spirit, give me the grace to prophesy. To know in my spirit that there is more, there's much, and everlasting. Give me faith to go after God's dreams and visions in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, let this be a season of dreaming. Let testimonies flow. Let miracles occur. Let chains break off. And new days begin in Jesus' name. Just while every head's bowed and eyes closed. My grandma's amazing. Just wanted a better life for her kids. But as wonderful as she is, it doesn't even compare to a God who would leave heaven to come and chase after you so that you could dream, so that you could be free. So that you could let go of the things that hold you back and oppress you. That you could have relationship with God. A hope for the future. 
fruit in your life. Just in the same way, I didn't have to pay a thing to be in Australia. My parents, my grandparents did. I didn't have to receive. Same way your heavenly Father paid the price for you as Jesus gives His life. Took the punishment for my mistakes and my failings and all I have to do is just receive. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, while every head's bowed, I would love to pray for you. I'd love to lead you in a prayer that invites Jesus into your life. It says, you know what? I need to believe again. I don't want to be stuck here. I don't want to settle here. I want to dream again. I want salvation. If today you don't know Jesus, or maybe you once did and you settled and maybe you want to recommit your life to Him today, when I count to three, all I'm going to get you to do is lift up your hand. It's just a sign to me that I know who I'm praying for. No one looking around, just one or two people help me in the back. I just want to pray for you. Say, Jesus, I receive the gift. I receive the price. And I start anew with you. If you don't know Jesus or you once did and you want to recommit your life to Him, when I count to three, young or old, front to back, wherever you are, would you lift your hand so I can lead you in this prayer? One, two, three. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, awesome. God, thank you. Awesome. Someone else over here. I see there's four people that responded to Jesus. Someone else over here. It's a fifth person. Come on. So good. Who else would say, that's me? I give my life to him. I start again. For whoever lifted their hand, it's someone else. That's so cool. Would you pray this prayer with me? But we'll say it all together so no one's alone. Most importantly, only know God hears you and he sees your heart. Pray this with me. Dear Jesus. Thank you for loving me, giving your life for me, paying the price for me. I'm sorry for all I've done wrong, but today I follow you. So forgive my past, lead my future, and be with me now. In Jesus' name, Father, for every person that prayed this prayer, never the same, never the same, never the same. Let new beginnings begin right now. Let dreams and visions come right now. For your glory, all said, amen.